Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 28th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, you had a uh, Tony-nominated composer on this week on Broadway, the great Scott Frankel, who, of course, was nominated for Grey Gardens and is currently represented on Broadway in War Paint. It's always nice to have a, you know, a Tony nominee just come by for a casual chat. (laughs) He he was a great chat. uh, And we talked about how Sunday mornings are brutal. And I was very appreciative that he got up uh, to do the the interview. And we had some great stories about... um, how war paint came to be and a few stories about uh, great gardens as well so it was a it was a nice conversation we had with scott and uh peter felicia and michael portant here very cool you guys also you teased it last week on this show um that all three of you had already seen prince of broadway and you didn't talk about it because the last episode of this week on broadway was before opening the show is now open so you guys all talked about it um if you were going to give it a, the old Siskel and Ebert thumbs up, thumbs down, one of each, where did the three of you land on Prince of Broadway? It got two, two thumbs up and one thumb down. Uh, the two thumbs Ooh. up were the important thumbs up and the thumb down <laughs> was the less important one. So Peter Felicia was thumbs down and you and Michael were the uh, mo- No, I'm just kidding. Peter's obviously the most important person in the world. Yes. So I'm taking it. Uh, Peter and Michael liked it more than you did. Yes, they did. And I still think it's really uh, good to go see it. But uh, I felt like it was it was very inside inside baseball type of stuff. And so mm-hmm. for somebody like my wife who didn't get a lot of the references that were made into it they didn't explain enough of the Hal Prince story but the the cast is amazing amazing sure. and, and just the interpretations of the song are absolutely incredible so it, go to go for just that I just wish that the Hal Prince story was better told yeah that's too bad well James I, I, I don't know what this next thing we're going to talk about real quickly is because all you told me was that you wanted to mention something about the Melbourne Fringe Festival yeah. I don't know what this is so go ahead and tell me your little Melbourne Fringe story well does it not happen to you I, I'm on you know I'm very very thankful and appreciative of the email lists that I'm on uh, because I get invited to <laughs> Broadway off Broadway things like this and I'm getting a ton of invites to the Melbourne Fringe Festival uh, which is very difficult to fly 24 hours to go see uh, a 35-minute <laughs> show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you get them. Uh, no, the, no, you don't get them. Uh, but I thought uh, a bunch of the folks listen to Broadway radio, and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me to Melbourne Fringe. I, I just I don't think I can get there. But, but, and this is very cool. I have a friend named James Marino who lives in oh. Sydney. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, he's a bit Maybe closer. Maybe forward him to him. He's yeah. a bit closer, yeah. and I'm going to forward them to him. And, uh, and James and his wife, his wife is actually into theater, so, uh, and he's a technology guy, uh, and she's into theater. And uh, he and I hooked up 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because we were both named James Marino, and I got the jamesmarino.com domain before he did. And, uh, he, he ribbed me about that. So anyway, uh, Melbourne French, right. uh, check it out. And thank you so much from Down Under for listening to Broadway Radio. We really appreciate it. First up in the news, Broadway says goodbye to Marvin's Room. 
Yeah, yesterday, the original Broadway production of Scott McPherson's play Marvin's Room ended its run at the American Airlines Theater. The final show of Roundabout's 2016-2017 season, remember that's a little bit of an overlap, the show was directed by Ann Kaufman and starred Janine Garofalo in her Broadway debut, along with stage and screen star Lily Taylor and Tony nominee Celia Weston. Jack DeFalco also made his Broadway debut in the production. James, the show ran for a total of 91 performances, and next up at the American Airlines is Roundabout's Time and the Conways, starring Downton Abbey star Elizabeth McGovern, Tony nominee Stephen Boyer, stage and screen star Anna Camp, Tony winner Gabriel Ebert, and more. James, the show also features Matthew James Thomas, who played Pippin in the 2013 revival, and I checked this just because I was like, how many people with the last name Barishnikov could there be? And Anna Barishnikov is the daughter of the ballet great Mikhail Barishnikov, and she is a member of the cast as well. The revival of J.B. Priestley's 1938 play will be directed by Tony winner Rebecca Tashman. It will begin previews on September 14th with an opening on October 10th and closing is currently scheduled for November 26th. James, thinking back to when the three of you on This Week on Broadway talked about Marvin's Room, um, the you guys all seemed to like it, but thought that it just wasn't the right show to bring to Broadway. It was it, it fared much better in its original production off Broadway, and probably was a little too small for the huge American Airlines stage. Yeah, we talked about we actually recapped our discussion of Marvin's Room in last week's oh, um, last week's fall preview season, and on this week on Broadway. So not not yesterday's, but a week ago yesterday. And uh, we talked about how good Marvin's Room is and how odd the set was, and maybe the set was to, uh, uh, you know, to cover this large Broadway stage, and that we're hoping that Marvin's Room does get a bunch of uh, other large productions, maybe in the major cities around the United States or in London and elsewhere around the world. And then uh, large major regional theaters hopefully will do it. It's a very good show. Very cool. All right. What's coming up in this week's Broadway schedule? Okay, James. Last week, we discussed the first of Pulitzer Prize winner Suzanne Laurie Parks' Red Letter Plays at the Signature Theater. That one was called, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to sanitize it, effing A. This week on Tuesday, August 29th, the second play, which I was running in rep with effing A, is called In the Blood, and it will begin performances at Signature's The Alice Griffin Jewel Box Theater, as I said on Tuesday. Like effing A, In the Blood is a modern reimagining of the Scarlet Letter. In this one, Hester Lanagrita is a penniless mother of five condemned by the men who love her. Hester turns to her former lovers, friends, and the institutions meant to support her, only to be spurned by them, all with devastating consequences. The production is directed by Obi winner Sarah Benson and stars Tony winner Frank Wood, Tony nominee Seikon Singblah, and more. All tickets for the show are $30, and it is currently scheduled to run through October 8th. Then on Friday of this week, the Public Theater begins their Public Works musical adaptation of As You Like It at the Delacorte Theater in Central Park. The production will star Rebecca Naomi Jones, Darius DeHaas, Joel Perez, Ato Blankson Wood, and Shayna Taub, who also wrote the show's music and lyrics and adapted the script, along with Lori Woolery, who is also directing the production. So You Think You Can Dance Emmy nominee Sonia Taya will be choreographing the production, and the bulk of the cast is actually made up of 
over 200 community members from different partner organizations from all five of the boroughs. As You Like It will conclude this summer's Shakespeare in the Park season. So, of course, tickets are free. You just have to line up and get them. There will only be five performances, each of them at 8 p.m. from this Friday through next Tuesday. James, I don't think we've, we've talked about your schedule. I don't think you're going to see this, but do you know if Peter or Michael is going or are going? Um, I don't know, um, but we did establish that we're going to record this week on Broadway next Sunday. So uh, maybe if they're going to catch the Friday or Saturday performance, we'll talk about it next week. Okay, cool. All right, the final show beginning performances this week uh, that I wanted to talk about is the off-Broadway production of A Clockwork Orange. A transfer of an acclaimed, sold-out production in London, the play is based on the twisted classic novel by Anthony Burgess. Movie fans also know the iconic 1972 film version, which was written and directed by Stanley Kubrick. As he did in London, John O'Davies will play the lead role of Alex DeLarge, who will be joined by my Tell Me More guest, Matt Doyle, as Georgie. The production will be directed by Alexandra Spencer-Jones and will play in New World Stages. James, this show is considered an open-ended run with tickets currently available through January 8th. I have a feeling that this is one that we will be hearing a lot about over the coming weeks, James. It had great word of mouth in London. And going into New World Stages as an open-ended run... You know, they've got this. They've got Avenue Q. They're going to have uh, Jersey Boys coming in later this fall. All of the different th- four, is it four or five theaters they have there, they could be booking those things up pretty well if this one uh, if this one ends up being as good as it was in London. All they need is a Krispy Kreme donuts. They're, everything is better with a Krispy Kreme donut. It's hot. They're Especially, out now. I know. I was going to say the red light. Oh, there's one just a couple miles from where I live. I drive by it. It's it's like the freaking bat signal. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) anyway, going to the less exciting parts of the calendar, not nearly as exciting uh, as Krispy Kreme donuts and the red light. Um, Talking about things that are closing this week. First up, the Broadway production of Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 will be closing this Sunday at the Imperial Theater. The show's creator, Dave Malloy, as he has been for the past few weeks, is back in the role of Pierre, which he originated off-Broadway. And he is, of course, opposite Tony nominee Danae Benton, who, James, I know you raved about when you saw the show. We've talked way more about the unfortunate events surrounding this show's closing than I really want to. But I hope that the cast and crew and the diehard fans appreciate this final week on Broadway, as this is really a one of a kind theatrical experience. I'm super disappointed that I didn't get to see it on Broadway. When the closing notice was posted, the producer sent out a press release saying that a national tour was in the works as well. I would love to see that, James, but Man, I I don't know that I'm holding my breath for it necessarily. We often get press releases about shows touring that never come to fruition. I I wouldn't put it much above 50-50 at this point. And even if it does happen, it will obviously need to be a much different configuration of the production for touring houses than in any of its previous incarnations, either off-Broadway, in the tent, at ART, or on Broadway. I almost kind of hope, James, like you were talking about with Marvin's Room, I kind of hope that, you know, whether it has a, you know, a tour or not, that the larger regional theaters will do this and be able to kind of modify their own space a little bit more to give that more inclusive um, in, in, you know, experience that people have on Broadway or in the other productions, then I'm afraid it would just be kind of a proscenium show in tours. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see how much um... – how 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 much it, this is embraced and if people kind of um 
throw away all the preconceived notions about how this gets done and do it their own way. And uh, for the final performance over at the Imperial, I think everybody should bring a screw gun with them and uh, do a big strike <laughs> at the end. You know, everybody just unbolt the sure. chair and walk out of the Imperial with your chair, you know. There's going to be a lot of work to be done to uh, uh, load out that show. But uh, also closing on Sunday is the star-studded production of Hamlet at the Public Theater, directed by Sam Gold. The show stars Oscar Isaac as the Prince of Denmark, with Keegan-Michael Key, Roberta Colandrez, Gail Rankin, Anatole Youssef, Peter Friedman, Charlene Woodard, and more. As listeners will recall, the show, which runs about four hours, canceled a handful of Saturday matinees over the past few weeks and months because the two show days were wearing especially hard on the 10-person cast who was covering all of the dozens of dozens of roles in the show either way james the show got pretty strong reviews many praising the unique performances in gold strip back directorial style it wasn't as polarizing as gold's um a glass menagerie that was on broadway this past season but it, it had a little bit of push and pull depending on which side you came down but seeing that cast is always really cool uh, on This Week on Broadway, Peter and Michael uh, discussed uh, Denzel in The Iceman Cometh, and uh, and they were talking about, do we think that there's going to be any cuts or not, because Iceman Cometh runs about four and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll see if Denzel's going to do eight, uh, eight a week, or, or you know, yeah. or if it'll no, be then, a yeah. six or a five uh, type of thing. Um, yeah, depending on if there's cuts or not, absolutely. Yeah, that could be ugly. And and I and you know of course I'm like uh, let's bring this story back to me. Was it, can we have a six o'clock start instead of a seven or eight o'clock start? Because four and a half hours, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm going to throw this out here, James. This isn't in the script, but. At the opening for Prince of Broadway last week, my Broadway World colleague Richie Ridge was doing his normal red carpet interviews, and he was talking to the phenomenal Raul Esparza on the red carpet. And they talked about how Prince and uh, you know all the normal stuff you talk about at an opening for Prince of Broadway. And then he and then Richie asked Raul, you know, so when are we going to get you back on Broadway? And he said. Well, maybe sooner rather than later. So that, of course, got people really excited. Um, one of the shows that has been bandied about, just I don't think there's anything behind it, but one of the shows that seems to be one that people think it might be is The Iceman Cometh. Rolls, obviously, a, a Tony nominee, great career, but known a lot as a musical theater guy, but as a fantastic actor. He's got a little bit of cachet. He's been on Law & Order SVU for the past few years. Maybe he joins Denzel and Iceman, Iceman Cometh. Um, I think Raul Esparza is one of the great talents that we have, and I'd love to see him uh, on Broadway again in something. I'd prefer a musical, but this seems like a good fit as well. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that. That's really good. I, I would love to see that happen. All right. Next up in the news, uh, Hadestown sets a release for the live original cast recording. Yeah, on Friday, producers announced that Warner Music Group, in collaboration with Ghostlight Records, will release the cast album of the acclaimed off-Broadway musical Hadestown, and that the album was recorded live during the original run of the show. We pretty much already knew that it had been recorded. We just didn't know that it was coming out. But we did find out that you can uh, do you can pre-order the album digitally now. It will be available on October 6th. Customers that pre-order the album will immediately receive the single Road to Hell. One thing I do want to make sure that listeners know is that since the show is mostly completely sung through and the album is a single disc, the entire score is not 
on this cast recording, but the creative team has said that they did their best to maintain the bulk of the story and as much of the heart of the show as possible. So it is not the complete score that you see on stage, um, but it is better than not having an album at all. And maybe there'll be another version of this in the future because James, um, We've both heard that Hades Town's producers are trying to find a Broadway theater for the show. Um, Hades Towns will have a quote pre-Broadway Canadian premiere at the Citadel Theater in Toronto from November 11th through December 3rd of this year. Rachel Chavkin will again direct. So we'll see if any producers or not-for-profit companies want to take a risk on this one. Um, I certainly hope they do. And and I tell you, James, I like I said earlier, I missed great comment on Broadway. So if Hades Town comes in, I will not make that mistake twice. I will definitely make sure I see that one. Um, obviously both directed by Rachel Chavkin, more immersive than a normal show, so it'd be interesting to see how she does that one if they do find a Broadway theater that's not, say, Circle in the Square, that is in the round already. So I understand the limitation of a CD uh, to 80 minutes and pushing from a single CD to a double CD is just uh, usually a calculation of how much more money can mm-hmm. we lose. Mm-hmm. Um but a download should not be limited. Well, I think, you, but you still have to pay the producers, you know, yeah. to mix it. You've still got to pay but the the, was, the musicians. You know, if it was, well, if it was recorded live, most of that. Oh, that's flat, true. It, if most of that's a flat fee. Uh, so I wonder if maybe they'll release the whole thing in the digital side or something like maybe. that. And kind of, I, I don't know if. Uh, you were buying cast recordings when uh, Phantom of the Opera was just on Broadway and and hot, uh, but you could get a highlights of Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera that had a uh, you know six or eight songs on it, and then you could get the double CD set that, with the full recording as well. So maybe <laughs> they could bring that into the uh, into the 2017s and, you know, fit what they can on the CD and make the full thing available on a download. Well, maybe I, yeah. I mean, just to be clear, I was six when the cast album for the Phantom of the Opera was released, but, um, we, we, I, I still have, I don't even have the full cast recording of ragtime. I still have the highlights disc. That's all I ever had. So I actually knew the highlights disc super well. And then when I saw it on Broadway, I was like, wait, I don't know this song. What's going on? I didn't even realize there was a different version. Um, my little 17-year-old mind was blown when I heard like Sarah Brown Eyes and stuff, which I don't think was on that original. So anyway, yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, I hope that they get it, whether it's with this releasing it again, or if they do get a Broadway run, maybe releasing a full version at that point as well. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWMAT and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Monday with us. And we'll be back and talk with you tomorrow. 